Google is the oracle of pulling in local community, you know, customers to you. It is so critical. We're living in a digital age and everybody loves Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and Facebook, but some of the clients I've worked for, actually, that doesn't drive the business that they need. And actually, the the way of driving it is walking to the local hairdresser and giving them a voucher and telling them to come in. Welcome back to the Fifth Wave podcast. I'm Jeffrey Young, Editor-in-Chief of Fifth Wave. Today, we're exploring one of the trickiest questions facing coffee shop and restaurant operators of any size. How do you get the word out about your venue that actually drives sales and profits? As you'd expect, there is no single right answer and the solutions are varied and complex. You could create a TikTok video with your head brister crafting a perfectly formed flat white or a step-by-step preparation by your chef of a tasty dish to post on Instagram. How about buying Facebook ads offering a local discount? Or you could simply pick up the phone to a designer and create an exciting custom neon sign to get your word out. The number of marketing options for hospitality operators is absolutely overwhelming. And these decisions are harder to make by the fact that marketing budgets and time are limited. Today, we're here in the studio with experienced marketing consultant, Emily Karim, to understand the marketing options for boutique restaurant operators. But we begin with Andrew Stone, Vice President of Marketing at Bluestone Lane, an Australian-inspired coffee and hospitality chain with over 50 locations in major cities across the USA. Andrew has an advertising background and joined Bluestone Lane almost eight years ago, a couple of years after the company started. In the early days, the marketing function at Bluestone Lane was outsourced to an agency. But Andrew bought it all back in-house these last five years and now manages a compact team overseeing the company's entire marketing strategy. Welcome, Andrew. So talking big picture of marketing strategy, what would you say is the key pillars to great hospitality marketing? We certainly do, from a brand perspective, really kind of like lean into the whole hospitality and owning the experience in the store. So we are very much partnering with operations to make sure that the values that we have all signed off uh, are on and the steps of service that we want to provide uh, our locals' experiences is being delivered on. Because at the end of the day, no matter what you can broadcast or whatever you, you know, communicate, you know, at the end of the day, if the local experience when they walk into the door doesn't match what you're communicating to them, they will eventually, you know, inevitably bounce out and not return. So for us, it's all about, you know, making sure that whatever we communicate externally, we, we are very much mirroring internally. We call that doing the basics right. So you told me you've got a small marketing team at Bluestone, but at the same time, you've got dozens and dozens of sites. Do you use PR firms or any other agencies to manage your marketing overload? You know, historically, we haven't used PR it has all been through a little bit of fake it till you make it. Like I'll do my own re- reach outs and, mm-hmm. and connect with local press for new stores opening or potentially also lean into other partners, PR capabilities, whether we've got one coming up with Bumble and you know we're leaning on their PR team. Over the years, it's been a little bit of a, almost like don't spread yourself too thin and lean on the resources that you can get your hands on. Yeah. How important is, digital and 
also social in particular to your marketing strategy? Uh, incredibly important. It's good to be broadcasting out what you're doing, but it's more important to get your you know, local customers, locals to be broadcasting, you know, how they're enjoying it and how you're fitting into their daily life. Because that's how, you know, you get more authentic reach. You know, that it's critical these days. I, I would say though, you can get lost in trying to do too many things all at once in the digital space. Threads has come on. So we are one of the brands that have jumped into that. But, you know, growing Bluestone Lane, I walked in a few years with the brand already established. So I was fortunate enough to have an Instagram page and Facebook pages, but over the time, you know, there's been, there's TikTok, there's Snapchat, there's you know, a plethora of others and even Twitter. I really try to like go back to just focusing on what's going to be our primary channel of conversation. And so for us, it was, and still is Instagram. Now it's certainly, we're getting further into TikTok. It's a different younger audience. So I'm seeing that through the analytics and there's a different conversation happening there. So, but threads, you know, is an example where we'll post some light stuff, but I think that there's, there's the trap of, you know, if you are looking to communicate across all platforms, you can actually take up more energy than you've got. And therefore you, other areas of the business or marketing plan can suffer. So have you embraced threads yet or is it wait and see? We've embraced it. I think that there's still some development to come with it. You know, I heard the death toll of Twitter mm. when it first launched, but now I'm not convinced. I think that there's probably a, a role for it to play in the social media ecosystem, but I think that Twitter is definitely here to, it's got its purpose and which is more around a media corporate communication where I think that threads is from what I can understand and, and just see on it is bit more consumer facing, a little bit more PG where <laughs> um, Twitter is a bit more of the news and uh, late night. So when you are opening in a new city like Houston, like what's the marketing approach for a kind of a, a local or a new region or even just a new store in a new neighborhood? What are the steps you take other than obviously opening the doors and, and putting a sign on, on the front? A new store in an existing region has a slightly different tact to a new store in a brand new region. So when Houston first opened as our first kind of flagship into the region, we took a lot more of a high-level press and social media influenced our outreach. So we, we basically just did some scrapes of who's covering what in the local trades and then categorized them just in the old spreadsheet and then uh, people are certainly uh, doing a lot more reviews on on social media platforms so we kind of categorize those people as well as creators and then certainly went more heavier on the the press outreach and trying to create some news and buzz that this is the first coming into the region as we start opening up stores in in the existing region it's more important for us to then do more outreach to the local community. So that then takes the shape of networking within like-minded businesses around, you want to be the best cafe or the best coffee shop in the region. So, you know, to do that, you really have to make sure that locals are coming in and they know about you and they're actually compelled to leave a review. So the shape takes a different form mm for existing stores. You've got to be a lot more genuine and you've got to like 
dig deep roots in the local community. And that could take shape of a whole different variety. If it's a coffee shop and there's more offices, you know, it's probably leading into doing, you know, a little bit more outreach and trying to get the local community from an office perspective, catering perspective or, or what you, whatever you're offering so that they understand like that you're coming in and that they feel compelled like that there's a person behind it that they want to give their business to. Um, if it's in a more of a residential area, you know, we t- certainly target the different social groups mm-hmm. that are out as well, whether it's schools or whether it's different community groups that are gathering in that area. So, uh, you know, be aware that we're we're opening and and potentially you know offer them an area that they can meet you know whether it's you know parent teacher association catch up whether it's community board catch up there's other ways that you can lean into making sure that the brand is much more you know locally loved and that by looking after the local community we say like within a seven minute walk or a seven minute drive once you start building those deep roots, people will really look to the brand as a staple within the community. If you don't do that and you go too high and just constantly go after press, then what ends up happening is that, you know, the local community may think that you're all, all talk, you know, for what we're trying to create for Bluestone Lane. We really want to be the best coffee shop or the best cafe in the community, the local community, because that's one of the best things about being coffee is that people can go to you daily or multiple times during the day. And so if we can win that and you can, you know, get yourself into the local community and have your GMs and your team empowered to be able to be creative with the local community, like, you know, provide a coffee box for a particular meeting and after run cold brew box, that goes a long way. Is there a role for like incentives, deals in your marketing program? We certainly have the position where the brand is healthy and by staying premium and, and making sure that the doing the basic right in store, we, we shouldn't be doing too many discounts or going out with discounts. And, you know, by looking after your local and providing that value through hospitality, there shouldn't be an, an issue with requiring discounting to motivate someone to come in. How is your, your, maybe your approach to marketing or even your marketing program changed as you've scaled up the business? The change over time has been very much going from, okay, well, we're going to get out and be a part of the community. And when I first started, very much roll the cold brew and cups to uh, the local Soul Cycle or gym. Now we're trying to create much more of a scalable solution that the teams can help glean into the community with. So we do a, a lot more of basically looking after the comms and providing frameworks for the store team. So we'll provide guidelines, we'll provide like ideas, we'll you know do a lot more of the framework, but we tend not to do the the heavy lifting of like coordinating it, et cetera. Instagram, very important to your brand. Yep. How do you do local? How do you Instagram locally unless you've got local Instagrams? I'm not a believer in having local Instagram. It divides the attention. It segments the potential local. So I, I'm, I like yeah, aggregating everything to the one account. Yep. How we actually get it local is by Instagram in particular, the ability to share stories and share from our local community onto our own page. You know, we're very much user-generated content, you know, by also encouraging locals right from the start to post pictures a certain way or videos a certain way, knowing that that they have the opportunity for, to be featured on our wall is has always been something that I'm 
was very much an easy win for us. You know, we were conscious to make sure that if a local went out of their way to replicate our style, that we would take their content and feature it and, and tag them. So one final question. If you were kind of advising a small independent cafe, what are the real absolute things I must get right in order to market my cafe? I would definitely own the reviews on Google. Yeah. It is so critical. I can't tell uh, yep. you know, enough businesses that if you dip below you know, even 4.2, um, if you're not the cafe, coffee shop in your local region that has the highest score, you are missing out on customers. And I think that the other part to it is with regards to content or with regards to other digital platforms, they are all key at growing and kind of like communicating the brand. Yeah. But Google is the oracle of pulling in local community you know, customers to you. It is so critical. So that's my advice. Great. You know, it might not be sexy. Own the basics in the store yeah. of like making sure the experience is good. And then that should therefore mean that your Google results will be good. People will find you. The pictures yep. will be better, you know, and you'll get more content via social and other social channels. It is critical. Amazing. Andy, thanks for joining us here today on Fifth Wave. Uh, terrific. Thanks. Andrew offers some excellent marketing insights for hospitality operators of all sizes. Focus on the in-store experience and ensure that it's reflected in your digital marketing. As Andrew says, this is doing the basics right. It's also important to network with other local businesses and to ensure that on Google Maps, you're the best in your area. Now let's get an insight into how boutique hospitality operators should approach the challenge of marketing by speaking with marketing consultant Emily Karim of May Marketing. Welcome, Emily. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I wonder if you give us a little bit of background on yourself and how you came into hospitality marketing. Well, I'm born and bred into hospitality. My parents have had hotels and restaurants since I was tiny. Um, my brother owns a bakery in York, and my parents now have a ho hospitality consultancy. So very much in our blood as such. And I knew I always wanted to go into hospitality, but I saw how hard and how many hours had to go into it. I went off to university, did journalism and wanted to work within writing, within food and leisure and then stumbled across PR and then marketing and reached out to some big name chefs and Tom Akins got in touch and my marketing started there. So I worked with him for about six years and absolutely loved it and then just continued it from there really. What? are the elements to a good marketing plan for a hospitality business? Initially, you've got to imagine your sort of shop window and you've really got to understand what your brand identity is and what it is you want to present and portray to the wider world. And you've also got to understand the business owners and their objectives and how you're going to reach those objectives. And also the get a really good feeling for what's going on locally and within the community. Where is that establishment located and who really are your prime target audience? And then it's sort of a jigsaw of putting that all together. So how you can engage with that target audience whilst 
continuing to keep your brand identity tight to then achieve your business objectives and create bums on seats, really. Marketing, if down to its really fundamental basic activities, is is effectively creating a story and communicating that story yeah. out to the wider world. Right? Yeah, I think it's a lot about engagement. It's just creating a story and getting people to engage with it. And if you can get people on board to be interested and want to visit, then you're halfway there. You've just got to get them right through the door, which is often the hardest bit. How do you get that message out to people? What are the ways that we can tell that story and channels to market? Obviously, you've got your local marketing. So it's how do you reach the people on your doorstep who are often your best people to approach first. They're your sort of free megaphone as such. And they're the ones that if they support you, you're going to do pretty well because you've got those people that can walk to you and a steady stream. But I think then you've obviously got your digital side where you're going to be able to reach higher volumes people from further afield and then there's the media the more fluffy bits there's the how you promote your brand so if those that maybe can't come tomorrow but maybe wish to come in the future how do you get the message to them and I mean in marketing there's so many different channels and I think it's finding which channel works for that exact business We're living in a digital age and everybody loves Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and Facebook. But some of the clients I've worked for, actually, that doesn't drive the business that they need. And actually, the the way of driving it is walking to the local hairdresser and giving them a voucher and telling them to come in. So I think it's completely dependent on location and the type of venue and if that business is already established or if it's not. And what about advertising per se? At the moment, a lot of my clients don't have budgets for marketing. As we all know, it's tough climate and hospitality is tough. So I'm most of the time working on very, very small budgets and advertising when it comes to digital advertising, often you have to spend a lot of money to see the traction. I'd like to think about how important say, Instagram or the various ways that we could digitally market to our customers. You know, how, how important is Instagram? I think Instagram is incredibly important and it, it is very much a visual representation of what you do. Obviously, engagement is the most important thing, but actually, if someone can just look at your Instagram feed and understand what you do, that's vital. I know for me, if I'm looking to dine, I'd look on Instagram rather than going onto a website. I definitely think Instagram's one of the main ones. And Facebook, especially for the more rural establishments that I've looked after in the countryside, in the yeah. Lake District, I find Facebook works really, really well. And it also has that slightly older audience. You tend to get the real foodies on Facebook yeah. that want right. to go out and actually enjoy a meal and a really nice bottle of wine whereas Instagram can be a little bit of a younger audience Mm a bit more of the fast casual and then obviously you've got TikTok which is definitely growing and growing but what I always say when I go into marketing teams is don't try to do everything at once because usually in hotels and restaurants You have one person in marketing and they're trying to do five different social media channels as well as everything else. And actually, you either do it and you do it well or you don't do it 
at all, basically, because there's no point drip feeding on TikTok and expecting it's going to do something for you because it's not. So you'd be better off just sticking with Instagram. So I think it's definitely extremely important, but I think be selective and just know your time, basically. What about email marketing? Email marketing, I think, is one of the most fundamental and important. I'd say if I was promoting a guest chef dinner, I'm more likely to get 50 bookings for that dinner for an e-shot than I am promoting it on Instagram for a week, unless I'm putting huge budget behind it. And I think there's so many tools now. I've used a tool recently called Airship, which is a brilliant CRM system, and it helps with customer engagement. But it means that if it's someone's birthday, we can automatically send them an e-shot to wish them happy birthday. If it's their anniversary, 10 days before their birthday, we can ask them if they want to book to celebrate. And I think that's the CRM systems are a huge part of marketing engagement. And I definitely spend more time in that myself. Yeah. And, and then there's, you've got booking platforms. Yeah. There's some that are a lot cheaper than others. Obviously, you pay your booking commissions. I'd say when I, if I was opening a brand new restaurant, I would always use a booking platform that has some form of online visibility, such as the likes of OpenTable, because when people Google best restaurants, often they appear. I think if you're an established restaurant and people know you already and you've got that visibility online, then I'd go for one with a lower commission and you've got the likes of seven rooms there's so much more opportunity with seven rooms to do different booking links and events. And so I think each booking platform has their pros and cons. But if I was talking about starting a brand new restaurant, I'd always go with one that was a bit more prominent. Now, imagine you're working with a brand new client, opening the restaurant for the first time, let's say in a suburban location. What would you encourage them to do first? I think see what is on your doorstep initially. Who's there to talk to? Who can you partner with? Who's going to really voice who you are? Because when you're first starting out in somewhere like that, you're completely invisible. Speak to the local press, make sure they're all on board. It might be that you have to do some sort of incentive or launch party, but really get your neighbours on side because if you don't have them on side, then you're missing what's going to be probably 25%, 50% of your clientele moving forwards, especially on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday evening. And then maybe a different scenario now, Celebrity Chef, Central London, new venue, what are the two or three things you must do to make that restaurant a success? I mean... PR is huge. So definitely work with a great PR agency or get a great internal PR and just PR, 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 basically publicize it as much as you can. Quick question on content creation, beautiful, incredible photography versus real, authentic, taken on an iPhone or yeah. whatever. Is, are they incompatible or I think they're compatible. I'd say real beautiful photography for your websites, for the press, but I'd say raw, authentic for your social channels, show people what they're actually going to get. But I think there can be a little bit of a mixture here and there, but I think it's important to have the two. And finally, any lessons, any must not do's <laughs> uh, when it comes to marketing? 
I think less is more sometimes. Talk and listen to people within your team. I see so many marketing people who are just in head office behind their laptop. The chef doesn't even know them if they walked past. And I I would say I get some of my best ideas from speaking to people who actually speak to the customers. So I would say always talk, always listen, and um, don't be afraid to be wrong. I think in marketing, you've got to learn every day and adapt every day because even with the digital world, it's constantly evolving. Emily, thanks for joining us here today on Fifth Wave. Thank you. It's easy for operators to be overwhelmed by the vast number of marketing channels available, from local newspaper advertising to PR firms to whatever the next big social media platform will be. But after hearing from Emily and Andrew, it seems to me that there are two key secrets to marketing a hospitality venue. The first is to focus on just a handful of communication channels, the ones that reliably drive revenue, and avoid spreading yourself too thin. And the second is to focusing on telling the right story to the right audience. By honing both of these skills, hospitality operators can successfully adapt to a fast-changing market landscape and consistently attract new customers to their businesses. And that's all for this week's Fifth Wave podcast. Please subscribe to Fifth Wave wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've enjoyed this show, please recommend us to a friend or give us a five-star rating. And to stay informed, visit worldcoffeeportal.com to access all the latest global coffee news, including the weekly coffee dose, our newsletter sharing the breaking news stories of the week. This episode was produced in the one and only Serendipity Studios in glorious Camden, North London. It was produced by myself, Jeffrey Young, Hannah Heath, and sound engineering by Chris Bristow. And this week's song in collaboration with the Coffee Music Project is My Own Terms by US artist Scott Krokoff. Until next time, stay safe, stay passionate, and stay caffeinated. <laughs>